Jeff Halfley has just finished his season and he's already got a new coaching job that he's going to need to fill. We'll talk about who this, who's leaving and what's going to happen on today's Locked On BC. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Locked On Boston College. I'm your host, AJ Black. Happy Monday. This is Locked On BC, the only BC podcast that shows five days a week. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J A S E medical.com. So, didn't expect on Friday for an, a, uh, a Friday news drop as Boston College is down a coach as Jeff Halfley will have a new defensive coach, uh, potentially a new defensive coordinator, as Azar Abdul-Rahim is heading to Maryland. This is a homecoming of sorts for uh, AAR, who uh, has been with Boston College since 2020 and has played a bunch of different roles in Jeff Halfley's uh, coaching staff. Now, he came to BC after coaching at UMass. He was the defensive backs coach for a couple years, uh, and then when Tem Lokobu Left actually, I think he was associate head coach, and t- uh, he got that tacked on at one point too. Uh, he uh, then became a co-defensive coordinator last year, along with Sean Duggan. Now, you watch the defense this year; you can you you you're not that heartbroken in terms of like, oh, you know, this is probably a good opportunity for Halfley to get some new blood on that defensive side of the ball because the defense won't wasn't too good. Uh, for most of the season, they had some, they had their moments. You know, obviously the UVA game, they had some good 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 play there in the the SMU game, but I don't think this is a bad thing. Now he is going to Maryland, where he's from. He was a uh, I've talked to him at um, uh, Media Days. He was a guidance counselor out there. I think at Friendship Collegiate Academy uh, in DC. He, you know, he is known well in that area. And, and before this year, this was the coach that most BC fans were like, you can't lose AAR. This is a in, um, this is not a guy that you can replace. Now, now you feel a little differently, right now he's heading to Maryland to take basically the same job. He's going to be associate head coach of defense and co-defensive coordinator under Mike Loxley, who I think he worked with at Alabama. So why would he take it? Well, Maryland has more money. First of all, I mean, anyone, um, at this point, probably will pay more than BC uh, in the Big Ten and SEC because they are swimming in cash, and this is going to be an issue going forward. Um, but you know, he's going home. This he's going to be their their ace recruiter in the DMV area, right? So he, when he was at BC, he had some big recruitments there. You look at guys like Quan Williams, who. Hasn't really hit his stride yet, but was a guy from Maryland who, you know, AAR was big on. C.J. Burton, he never really panned out. He was, if you remember that recruitment, that was crazy. They beat out, they they flipped him from Florida. He had offers from Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State. I mean, you name it, he had it. Um, and he just never ended up being much uh, there. And any defensive player, he was usually the lead recruiter on, whether it was in the DMV area or around the country. So 
anytime that you were listening to um, any talk about recruiting, AAR usually was one of their guys. Now, I think it's fair to critique that most of the guys that he did bring in haven't developed yet. Like you haven't seen a guy jump up and be like, oh, you know, AAR was huge in bringing in X and that guy has been a stud on our defense. Hasn't happened yet. In fact, in the secondary, you look at the state of the secondary and you say, oh, they had to go out there and and get at least three players so far in the transfer portal, maybe more because he hasn't been able to develop anyone. And the guys that have developed or, or were expected to develop have transferred CJ Burton to Charlotte, uh, you know, Sean Asbury left. He, I think he just transferred to Indiana for the second time. Uh, CJ Clingscales left. Uh, you, you, you look up and down, they've lost a lot of guys too. So yeah, he is their lead recruiter, but he's also struggled a little bit too. Um, and I think that is a fair, I think it's a fair thing to look at, right? Like this is a guy that, you wanted to, he opened doors like St. Francis Academy with, you know, one of the best high schools in the country. Um, you had no relationship with before Jeff Halfley and AAR got in there. Now this St. Francis, I think was top five, I think in the, in the country in terms of high schools this year, uh, ranked by max preps. You were in, I mean, you had Jude Bowery, you had CJ Burton, and then you had um, Brian Sims. You had a bunch of guys that he got to commit. But you look at what ended up happening with every single player except for Jude Bowery, and they're all gone. They're all gone. Burton's gone. Darrell Robinson was committed here. He's gone. Um, uh, Brian Sims never made it. And it, it was an uh, it was a it was the good and bad with that, right? You get it into an elite program, but you're not having any success at all. So I think this is a great opportunity for Halfley to turn the page. This is not meant to, to rip on Abdul Rahim. Um, I know the players thought a lot, very highly of him. And I think he's still a very well thought of coach who has a bright future in front of him. He's a young guy um, who can recruit and, you know, maybe he's going to find some success down the road. I just think, Given the state of the defense, given the state of recruiting, where things have kind of um, got a little bit <laughs> flat in the last year or two, a, a new face and maybe a new area to to, to attack will be will, will be popular. I mean, maybe you go after Ohio, maybe you go after Georgia, um, or you get someone else who knows the DMV area too. Like you, you have your opportunities of where you want to go. Um, with this hire. And in a moment, I'm going to get into <clears throat> what those options are because it's not this just we're going to hire a co defensive coordinator. BC has a bunch of different choices that they can make here. We'll look at what those are and maybe some, some ideas of what they may do in just a moment. Now, FanDuel, as football season's ending, basketball season's really cooking up here on FanDuel. Excuse me. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. I'm recording this on a Sunday night, and I have a same game parlay going on in the Buffalo-Miami game. I want to share you with it so you guys can kind of follow along. I have the Bills covering. I think they're going to win. I have um, James Cook as an anytime scorer. 
I have Tua Taiga Violola under 265 yards, and I have Josh Allen over 243 yards. So right now with the Bills and Dolphins are tied, James Cook has not scored a touchdown, but I'm feeling pretty good about this. I love this same game parlays. It's so easy to use. And usually they have like good deals on them too. Sometimes you can get different games where it's like a no risk one. You can do all this on FanDuel. So go over to FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first battle layup with FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. This is Locked On BC, AJ Black here. Thank you all for listening. And if you have not done so already, hit the like and subscribe button wherever you get your podcast. Give us a five-star review on Google, wherever, you know, whatever you listen to Locked On BC. It does help us. As I said, we're the only Boston College podcast that does this five days a week. I have guests on here with like Beacon Street Ball and Mitch. Uh, we'll have more coming up uh, that you're going to want to make sure you are subscribed so you don't miss any episodes of our show. Now, we're talking about Azar Abdul Rahim. In a moment... We'll talk about basketball. Believe me, I'm not. I'm not ignoring basketball. It's coming up in a little bit. So, Halfley does not, has a bunch of options of where to go here. With Abdul Rahim gone, he has a coaching spot that he can fill. Now he has a co-defensive coordinator, Sean Duggan. Does he feel strongly enough about Duggan to make him full-time coordinator? Not sure. That's only an answer that Jeff Halfley can give. After last year, the way that the defense played, I don't think that would be the option I would go. But I'm not I'm not Jeff Halfley. That's his answer. And you know, he's a very loyal guy, a guy who you know goes with people he trusts, and maybe he thinks Duggan can handle it. But that's one option. Maybe he just promotes Duggan to full time and then fills fills another spot. The other potential is he promotes um, someone on the staff to code defensive coordinator. That could be Vince Ogabase, who's been there since 2020. It could be Paul Rhodes, who is, you know, Halfley is mentioned as his mentor and someone who has extensive experience. You know, Paul Rhodes was a head coach at Iowa State. He's had many different stops at like UCLA, Arkansas. He's done a bunch of different things. He could become code defensive coordinator with Duggan and basically maybe take him as like a, you know, almost like a mentor. Um, he could mentor uh, Duggan. Not the worst idea in the world. You get a guy who's experienced. You get a guy who has had success with defense. He could come in there and do that. And then you, again, fill another role. And what would that other role be? Well, there's a bunch of different options that you can do here. You could hire a new defensive back coach. Say you put Rhodes in, keep him as the inside linebacker, outside linebacker coach. You can bring in a defensive backs coach from anywhere. You can find any defensive backs coach. You can hire them. My only thing is, if you do this, whatever position you get, you need someone who has very good recruiting chops. Because no matter what you thought about AAR, he was the lead recruiter and he was good at what he did. Um, Maybe the guys he brought in weren't the guys that ended up being successful, but you could get, you need someone who can open doors, guys, someone who is strong at recruiting. So that's a very big need. That's that, that's not a hard, th- that's not an easy thing to find, but they're going to have to find someone who can do what he did there. The other potential is you could put Paul Rhodes, move him to defensive backs coach because he had experience. I think he was in Arkansas and UCLA doing coaching there. You can move him to defensive backs coach and then hire a def- tight ends coach because they don't have one right now. You look at the the um, the roster, 
And after, um, who was, it? I think it was Shimko was the tight ends coach and he went up to offensive coordinator. They didn't, they didn't hire anyone to, to specifically coach. I'm sure there's a bunch of coaches that kind of uh, share it, but I think that would be something you could, you could do. So that's, those are two positions that you could, if you just move like Rhodes up or Ogabase to defensive coordinator, you could move, you could hire a, a coach at those positions. Again, though, it's got to be heavy on the recruiting side because you need someone who can do that. Next, the other option is you bring in somebody completely new. Um, I don't know if that means you make them co-defensive coordinator, if you demote Duggan, um, which I believe me, I would think would be a hard sell. Um, again, with Halfley and his relationships, I you know, defense was bad last year. You could you could justify it, right? But would he do that? Would he bring in someone brand new and then demote someone on the staff? This is just an option. He could and find a brand new defensive coordinator uh, and leave everyone else in the spots that they're in. I don't know if that's the move I see Halfley doing. I honestly think the first two options, either he has Duggan stay or he upgrades probably Paul Rhodes. I think those are going to be it. And then finding a new, new coach somewhere else for another position, but you never know. This is a big year for Halfley. You know, he's still, you have the momentum of the SMU win. You won seven games, a big turnaround from three wins, but there's still a little bit of that sizzle on that hot seat. It's going to be a, that makes selling this job a little trickier because coaches know. They know that they probably saw some of the games and, and know that, you know, Halfley still has to put it together for a full season to really solidify his job. And will they want to jump to a job where there may be some instability? That's a big question mark. So I think that's going to make finding someone outside of the organization a little trickier. But you never know. Halfley, again, he always goes for coaches that he knows coaches that he trusted everybody on his staff i think without fail has some sort of relationship with him before they got to boston college it's something he talks about he he really values those um people that have worked with him now he has been everywhere so that it makes it easy for like you could find a million coaches that fit this this um this need for bc so we have some names up on Eagle Insider. I'm not going to go over all of them. You know, some Mitch Mitch Wolf of Eagle Insider brought up some names. Al Washington was one, but I don't think Al Washington is going to leave Notre Dame for BC. But he's someone who knows that knows Halfley um, could use the bump to to defensive coordinator. But again, would he leave a position where he is very settled and probably can jump to a very prestigious job? To go back to Boston College, which he knows, he, I mean, he knows he's a, he's a BC grad, where BC is right now. That's going to make things challenging. So this is going to be a position that we're going to have to watch. Maryland has not officially announced this yet. Matt Zenitz of Two Four Seven, who the company I work for, um, he announced this job, like the the report, and it's been followed up by a whole bunch of other people. But we haven't seen Maryland announce it. We haven't seen BC uh, say anything about it yet. But it's something worth watching. Now, in our final segment, we're going to turn it over to basketball and get into some excitement as BC comes back uh, after a horrible start to stun 
Georgia Tech. We'll get into what that looked like in just a moment. I know we come to talk sports to escape from some of the crazy realities of real life, but can we talk for a minute about preparing for real life? According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics of like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. That is scary. I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than if uh, one of my kids or my wife got sick with a supply chain issue keeping them from life-saving medications they needed. Thankfully, we'll be okay because of Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, among other others. This stuff could happen to any of us. Visit, visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use offer code locked on to get $20 off your order today. This is Locked On BC. I'm your host, AJ Black. Thank you all for listening, and thank you for anyone who has subscribed to our YouTube channel. It does help us tremendously when you do that, so make sure you head over to YouTube and find Locked On BC if you have not done so already. Now, on Saturday, Boston College headed to Atlanta for their first road ACC game of the year. Now, they've lost two already. They lost to NC State and Wake Forest earlier this week. This was a must-win game for Boston College, and it could not have started on a worse note. Boston College <clears throat> came out and fell behind pretty quickly. I mean, they, they took a lead. They took a 10-point lead. Then Georgia Tech started to eviscerate BC's defense. BC had all the trouble that they had against Wake Forest. I mean, it, it looked like the, the shot that Wake Forest won on like spread out over a whole game where they just kept passing the ball and finding the open guy and he was hitting everything. BC goes down double digits, go 13 points into halftime. Uh, Georgia Tech comes out the second half, hits a three-pointer again, 16 points. It feels like this game is getting out of control. The offense isn't doing much. It, their defense is, is bad. But then something happens. BC hits another gear, and it's led by two guys that you would not, well, you could expect it, but are not your your star. It's not Quentin Post. Devin McLaughlin, in his return to the Atlanta area, this is a guy who grew up around here, had the best game of his career, scoring 30 points, hitting three three-pointers. I tweeted about it. I was like, is BC going to win this game on Devin McLaughlin hitting threes? This guy who's shooting like, 20% from three-point range, and he went three for four from three-point range. He goes crazy. Claudel Harris had 26 points. You have two scores that you did not expect to lead you, and all of a sudden, the defense starts kicking in. Georgia Tech starts unraveling. They get that flagrant foul where I was like, this better not go against Claudel Harris because there was a play, and I think it was uh, Miles Kelly on Georgia Tech, where he wrapped... Um, Claudel Harris's arm around his neck, but it was clear that he was like holding his arm to make it look like a penalty, like a foul that they were trying to get a flagrant on it. The big play here was that they reversed it, reviewed it, and then called it on um, Miles Kelly. Moments later, Damon Stoudmire, who 
um, got punked out by BC by the end. Um, he gets a he gets a technical. Georgia Tech completely unraveled at the end of this game, but it was BC who was shooting well, moving the ball well. Uh, they were finding great shots. They scored ninety five points. I I never thought under Earl Grant that we'd ever see a team score the way that this team does. I just you know he goes with that nitty uh, what do you call it gritty not pretty uh, philosophy for years, and I just assume that means BC grinding out like sixty five to sixty three wins constantly. But BC is scoring 80-plus points daily, and they're finding new guys that can score. I mean, Claudel Harris is one of the best transfer finds, I think, in the country, and it's getting not none of the press that not some of these other guys are getting. When you're averaging over 20 points a game over the last couple of weeks, he deserves to get a lot more praise than he does. And this is a great find for, for Earl Grant because get him for another year. He's coming back. He's he's confident. He makes his own shots. He's got swag. He is awesome. I, I went into the season thinking that this was a guy that watching him that first game, I'm like, oh God, is this like um I'm totally blanking on Eli Carter, uh, the kid from Florida who was just a ball hog and terrible. Uh, no offense to Eli Carter. He just he just didn't fit. And then <clears throat> to watch him develop into this immense scorer, to watch to watch Harris do that, it, it's been incredible. And McLaughlin, who has been a fan favorite, to watch him explode offensively has been really cool. And to and to see him get under Stodmeyer's skin so much at the end of this game, if you if you didn't watch it in the um, post game handshake line, he got so angry because um, at the very end of the game. Uh, Georgia Tech was going full court press and pressing and pressing hard and post launched one across the, the, the court to McLaughlin, who was unguarded under the the hoop and he just laid it in. Wow. 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 Stoudemire go, go, you know, go hug a, you know, a, a teddy bear. It's, it's I'm sick of this. Like, you know, this is the right way to play the game. Crap. He was wide open and you're pressing him. The game's not over yet he has every right to score that bucket. So go cry me a river, get over it. Um, this was a great win. This is a must have win for Boston College. If BC had lost this game as, as Beacon street ball said last week, we're not talking about potentially NCAA tournament play. We're talking about, well, whether Earl Grant's going to finish this year out. He goes from, you know, on the, on the throne to the hot seat very quickly. But BC showed resilience. They showed that they can they can hang with anyone and that they're never out of games. Which is huge because they got some tough ones coming up. They got Syracuse this week. They're playing at Syracuse. And I I had to go back to my books to look at when BC's last win over Syracuse has been, but it feels like forever. And I can't even remember the last time they won at the Dome. Feel That feels like ages. But am I, you know, when you look at the net ratings, I think BC's one spot ahead of them. They could, they can win this game. Um, and I don't, I, I love that about this team is that they, yeah, they played the crappy for a half, but they played, you know, world beaters the second half. They went out there and looked like a team that could beat anybody. That's awesome. 
And that gives you the hope that if they continue doing this, they're going to beat teams that maybe you're not expecting. And that's going to rack up some wins because if you can do that while you roll up wins against the bad teams like Florida State and Louisville and Notre Dame, then you're talking potentially tournament time. And this team looks like a, they look like if they continue to develop, they got to continue to play better, that they have the talent there to be a tournament team. They just has to execute more consistently. They could do it though. On tomorrow's show, we'll look more at the transfer portal. There'll be more that I'm sure we're going to want to talk about there. We'll, if there's any news on the defensive coordinator front, we'll make sure we talk about that as well. And we have a lot more on our plate. So make sure to hit the like button on Locked on BC, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow me on Twitter at AJBlack247. I'm, again, the editor of Eagle Insider. Follow us, our work over there as well. Thank you all. I hope you all have a great Monday. This is Locked on BC, your team every day.